Zach Martin got a phone call from a friend, a former army soldier saying, I need more help getting people out of Afghanistan. Zach is now part of a group of patriots called Team America, and they're on a nonstop mission to help Americans, their families, and others flee the mounting crisis that is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. Zach joins me now for this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. Zach Martin, welcome to Pick Up the Six Podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, real quick, should I refer to you as Hello Kitty the whole time? Or <laughs> no, no. On on this platform in this channel, uh, we've had enough cross section of F three and and our listeners, many F three men and and uh, and folks that know what we do in the F three space, but but we're a bit independent of that as we sit here in the pick up the six studios today, but they're used to that enough. Uh, we can keep it hospital names, my brother, uh, as we uh, have this conversation today, but, but thanks for the point of clarity as we get started. Perfect. Hey, thanks for having me. Obviously, um, you know, really means a lot for anybody willing to take the time to, to listen to what we've got going on. Uh, you know, that's half the battle is educating uh, the people about what, you know, what's truly going on in Afghanistan. So really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, man. Uh, I am, uh, I'm pumped to have this conversation, honestly, you know, I, I wish we didn't have to have it, but, but we need to, to keep folks up to speed as to what's happening and, and guys, you know, you've not been living under a rock. You don't need Zach and I to do a big news dump as to what's happened in Afghanistan over the last few weeks here. Uh, but the situation on the ground is, is growing to be more tumultuous by the day. Uh, Taliban control uh, is blanketing the nation, uh, and there is fear that 20 years of hard work, of of time, treasure, and American lives uh, is being put in jeopardy uh, with the situation on the ground. And, and with that, not only is there fear about what the future looks like with the Taliban in control of that country and all the resources that they have now grabbed control of in a very quick amount of time, and we don't need to get into a lot of debate about should we leave? When should we leave? Uh, look, it, it's not been good the last few weeks. The way it has gone about uh, has not been good. And in the shuffle and in the mix of all that, our human lives are not just Afghan lives, but our American lives that now hang in the balance. And that's not hyperbole for Zach and I to sit here today and tell you that American lives are hanging in the balance in the coming days and weeks and ensuring that we get our people out. And you know, a thread of this show and of this program is to talk about how we always pick up the six, how we leave no man behind. And we sure the hell shouldn't let that happen now with American lives uh, on the ground uh, in peril. And so Zach, do this for me. Give everybody a quick 30 seconds to a minute of your background in the military before we talk about how you've been thrust into this situation, if you don't mind. Sure. So uh, former uh, United States Army captain, uh, field artillery, uh, deployed to northern Iraq. And um, the reason why I got involved with this whole situation is one of the buddies that I deployed with had launched Team America. Um you know, we both worked with interpreters when we were in Iraq. Uh, a lot of the people that we're working with now are good friends of ours. They were in Afghanistan. A lot of them started out trying to get out their interpreters uh, and their families that they had worked with while they were deployed there. And so that's a little bit of background of, you know, real quick background of who I am, but yeah. more importantly, how I kind of got involved in this in a backwards channel way. Yeah. So, so the situation starts to unravel 
we're realizing it's it's chaotic. Um, time is of the essence. Not only are Americans there, but th- these interpreters, I mean, you guys work so incredibly close with them. What is that relationship like? Because what I'm seeing pop up is more and more service members like yourself saying, I got to get my interpreter out. Th- that seems to me to be a very close relationship. Can you explain that to us a little bit? Sure. So, I mean, when you first start to build a relationship with, with some of these interpreters, you know, every, everybody is a little untrustworthy to start, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're in a, you're in a foreign country working with somebody you just met that it is technically a national there, but over time, as you start to go on missions with these individuals and you start to get into conflicts with these individuals and you see how they hold up and perform, uh, you know, heroic stories of them picking up rifles and attempting to cover fire. If somebody dropped down heroic stories of them trying to provide first aid to us soldiers that got shot. Uh, these are interpreters. I mean, these, these are, these are not trained us combat, you know, <laughs> soldiers. These are interpreters that we're paying to help us. And these are the guys that are, you know, helping us when we're in bad spots over there. Uh, probably the craziest story. And this will maybe uh, a little bit more closer to home to understand it. Sure. I had a, been on a phone call with a, uh, a U.S. DOT contractor and his wife, who was um, a, is a veteran now. They were in Afghanistan together. Um, the interpreter worked closely with his wife. She had a bad body deployment and um, contemplated taking her life, and and she she started to. The interpreter caught wind of it, stopped her from doing it. Uh, was able to get medical attention there immediately and ultimately saved her life. And the husband was calling me every day from Florida for about five days. We talked on the phone probably six times a day and we got him out, his interpreter out two days ago. And that interpreter is going to go live with him in Florida. Incredible. It's incredible, man. Reminds me of the story of Marcus Luttrell trying to get that villager out with him. Yeah. Right? You know, that man that saved his life and his hundred percent of his life. He, right. He was on his deathbed walking out onto the helo and he basically said, this guy comes with me. Yeah. 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 You know, the interesting story episode two of pick up six podcast with Jeff Spanky Peterson, the Lieutenant Colonel uh, who flew that payfog helicopter that, that, rescued Marcus talks about that moment and, and how he actually ended up on the helicopter with them. And now they had to take him back because they, they legally couldn't bring him along. It's an incredible uh, story. All right, man, catch me up to speed and our listeners, a friend of yours, a uh, former army soldier as well, basically calls you up and says, we're starting to put a team together to help rescue folks, get them out of this situation. How does that all fall into place? And, and what are you guys up to now? Yeah. So, you know, last Wednesday, buddy calls me and says, Zach, I, I need you to help me get some people out of Afghanistan. And I literally laughed out loud. And I you're said, in Missouri, I, by the way. You're in, you're in the that, middle of Missouri. That's correct. Middle of Missouri, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And I just laughed at him. I said, man, I sell bucket trucks. I, was like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do any military operations anymore. And he said, no, man. He's like, I need to pull together a team who from an operational standpoint, can, can pull this off with 120 volunteers. And I need some battle captains that I can disseminate and task some information to and know that it's going to get done. So I said, I, you know, the guy never asked me for anything, but we've gone through those experiences where if he asks you to do something, you're just going to do it. Um, so I got involved and I didn't know what my level of involvement was going to be. Uh, and then I know, you know, we had talked, I ended up taking this entire week for, for paid vacation in order to dedicate it hundred percent. But ultimately what he started 
with a couple other veterans and myself was this unbelievable platform from scratch. And essentially what had happened is he got a phone call last Saturday saying, Hey, I need you to get a guy out of Afghanistan for me. He said, Hey, I'll give it my best shot. They ended up getting the guy out of Afghanistan, but craziest story with that on the guy's way out was taking fire for 90 minutes from the Taliban in front of one of the gates. My buddy Joe's on the phone with him the entire time, like a crisis hotline, trying to, to talk this dude into taking cover, staying in the ditch, you know, don't move. If you stand up, they're going to shoot. Ultimately gets him and his wife and his two kids out. Uh, once word spread about that on, on Facebook and everything else, Joe just started to get inundated with, with requests to help yeah, help us here, help this. Yeah. Here, yeah. yeah. And so he, that's when he really started the group. So how he's got it set up is, is a Gmail account for an intake. So if you need help, you send it to this, you know, we got team America, Afghan evac at gmail.com. Say that one more time, slow down and tell them, tell them one more time. You got it. Team America, Afghan evac at gmail.com. So that is, that is our intake email box. People will send, I need you to help me get a family member out. We have people monitoring that. He'll say, send me all the documents. Once we get all the documents, we literally assign it to a case manager, almost as if those like social services. Yeah. Yeah. That case manager will help those individuals make sure all the proper forms and documentation are filled out and submit it to the, the correct government agencies to get approval. Once that's done, our headquartered team would basically lobby to senators and congressmen to try to expedite this paperwork. From there, our data team tracks the data that's approved and would then create a cell spreadsheet full of all the families, all the case numbers, and would say, is this gate ready? They would put yes. From there, it would go to the battle captains like myself who were monitoring these families basically through a communications channel yeah. that I would, I would rather try to keep offline because sure, I don't sure, want sure. that. Yeah, to yeah. We don't need to get through all the logistics of that because you guys are working so close yeah. to the vest on how you're pulling this stuff off. No, I appreciate that. So from there, we set up a chat with them saying, Hey, you're gate ready and approved. Uh, let us monitor the state department's advice and what are, what is, you know, we're, we're gathering on the ground and we'll, we'll provide you with the best possible suggestions based on that. We'll inform you about Taliban checkpoints, all that. We'll help try to guide you safely to a gate. Wow. So, I mean, that that entire operation was created in like two days. Yeah, but you know what? That's why he's calling on guys like you and friends like you, because it's you can't build that team out of thin air without being able to leverage the skill set that you learned in the military and, and that you've probably instilled in your business now that you have, right? Like he's like, I need, I need, I need some, what'd you say? Battle captains, but that also have some ops management skill set. And this is a moment in time. And, and let me just ask you this. I mean, do you feel like you were thrust into this because of the timing? What, what do you think puts you in place for this? You know, I, I, I can tell you when he first asked me to help, I did not know what my level of involvement was going to be until I sat in on one of the first operations meetings. And he said, just, just get on this communications channel and let us take you through it and monitor it. And once I started to see the communications of these families sending their pictures of their newborns and their babies mm. and the fear in their communication of help me get them out. I was, I was hooked. I mean, I just, and that's a bad, probably, word to, to put on that. Cause it makes it seem like it's a, it's a sport. Um, I was, 
so emotionally attached then at that point um, that I, I had no other choice. And I, and it's, and God bless my wife and the F3 family for, for supporting us the way they have uh, with food, uh, you know, volunteers, anything we can do. Um, because my wife's the same because I haven't seen my, my kids or her in the last, you know, five, six, seven days. I mean, you basically been going with whatever minimal sleep from next thing to next thing. It's nonstop. I mean, you know, we were chatting about, Hey, when can we knock this record out? And we've only got about 10 more minutes left. I want to be super respectful of your time. Cause I know you're moving from call to call and, and process to process. We're going to talk about how our listeners, there are tangible things they can do to help you. And, and it's not even just sending money. That's not even really an option that you need. There are real tangible things they can do to help. I want to talk about that. Paint the picture for us. This is the first time we've talked about it on our show here. And guys, we're going to get into this more with other heroes as well as we continue to go. We've all seen the C-17 videos, right? We've seen this heart-wrenching video. You talked about seeing those pictures. We saw the Marine reach over and pull up that young baby, right, to save, help save them. What are the numbers on the ground? Like, what, what are we looking at right now? Because I'm hearing conflicting reports about we got this many numbers here. What what is what is your guy's sense as to what the numbers on the ground are of people of our Americans who we need to get out and other folks that are looking to get away from this thing? For sure. I can tell you, I can tell you with certainty that we're talking with 11 American citizens that are still on the ground with um, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, in total 50 to 60 of their family members uh, that have approved visas to get out. Now, the, when, you, when you start to talk about LPRs, which is lawful permanent resident, or you hear the word AMSITS, those are American citizens. Both of those are combined. Uh, and th- that is what the government's really focused to get out. Everybody else is like a special interest visa. Mm-hmm. And that's typically like people who had helped us over the last 20 years. But we were trying to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,500 of those out last night. Um, and so I, it's a hard guess. Brian, I'm not 100% sure, and I don't, I don't want to take a sloppy guess at it, Yeah, but I would, I would guarantee it's in the thousands of individuals that are approved to come to this country that we may not be able to get out. How challenging is it right now working in this space with all the different actors who are involved? It is, it's extremely challenging because you're trying to tap into every available resource that you can possibly get a hold of from congressmen to senators uh, to three letter agencies to, you know, you name it to try to coordinate just that one moment, that one moment where you can say, I got somebody to answer at the gate and they're pulling your family in now. And every time that that would happen, it was just like, we landed on the moon. Like we got four people in, you know, and it was, it was unbelievable. And that high was awesome. And it kept you going. Um, but in order to get that like one family in, you're talking like two or three hours, 12 people making phone calls. So we finally got a hold of somebody to get them in. Um, and so it's just an un- unbelievable effort. And what's even uh, greater about it or amazing about it is we're, we're talking now across functionally across, you know, with Raven, with no man left behind with, with task force Dunkirk all of these organizations, we have a sync meeting with them to share intelligence and resources to say, how can we help you? It is, uh, it's incredible in these moments uh, to see ways in which uh, we can step up. And the challenge that I'm having, brother, and just peel back the, 
the layers here a little bit. It's just so much frustration in, in watching things happen and think, but it's completely un-American to think about the fact that there's some deadline coming up and we could potentially leave people behind. It, it just, that blows my mind. I mean, it can't be fathomable, right? Brian, between you and I, that deadline's up. Yeah. It, no, I'm, I'm serious. It, it's gone. The, we're, we, we're starting to pull troops. It's over. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I, I would love for everybody to reach out to their congressman and their senator and to say we should not be leaving our allied forces behind who have the right to come over here and our American citizens. I just do not know if if our and I know our senators and congressmen do that and I know they support it. I just don't know if President Biden would change that with the pressure that's already been put on him for the last week. Mm. I, I really don't. They, they've closed the gates down, Brian, as of uh, yesterday. And every indication that we've got on the ground with the families we're talking to, they haven't been open for 24 hours, which has been roughly the longest time that they've been closed. And I, I really don't, I really don't think they're going to open back up yet. So if you're listening to this and you're like, that doesn't sound like a great, uh, forecast for what's coming. You know, hard times are coming over the next few days. What can our listeners do? You mentioned calling their congressman, their senator. I mean, it yep. seems to me like they got to just flood the lines. What do what do you need folks doing that are listening today? They're like, I got to do something to help these guys out. What what can they do? Yeah, I mean, so I think they need to still put pressure to see if there's any sort of way we can get that the deadline extended, which I think is a moonshot at this point. What I, they can do is then say, all right, Mr. Senator and Congressman. If we can't extend that deadline, we need to dedicate an unbelievable amount of resources to getting these people to a safe location that are still there. And how does that operation look? And if that is, you know, programs like myself or, you know, test for, you know, Team America, giving the, the State Department all of our contact information for these people and their known locations and saying, take it from here and guide them to a safe location. Whatever that is, is we now need to focus our efforts on. If we're not going to fly them out of the Kabul airport, how do we get them from where they're at in Kabul to a safe location outside of that country? And that is resources that my team does not have or the ability to do. So people need to contact their congressman and senator and say, that's where you need to force your, your, you know, focus your efforts on now. The other thing is they could also find a number of these resettlement um, efforts and say, hey, there's, there is already a lot of people coming back that are going to need some help. Uh, you know, maybe we focus our volunteer efforts on that as well. Um, so, I mean, there, there is quite a few different actions in there that people can take. But most importantly, it is, you know, let's let's continue to, to spread awareness with this. And the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know. Yeah. If, if we can get more people taking those actions and we'll in the show notes. And Zach, I know I saw you post uh, in a communications channel that we were in the other day sort of a few things that folks can do. We'll, we'll share that as well. All right, before I let you go, because I know you guys have a ton of work to do. Um, this is not a great time, man. It, it feels to me like we really need to put up or shut up here and show that this is still the America that responded after Pearl Harbor, that it answered the bell after 9-11, right? That got up off that mat uh, and went in and, and took care of business. 
Uh, and I know it's, it's probably emotional for you. It's probably frustrating at times. You're so close to this thing right now. What's your outlook like uh, as we go into what's going to be a really challenging week here? I think it's, it's for my team uh, from an emotional standpoint to realize uh, that we are going to have to face the fact that a lot of these people that we were talking to are going to get left behind. And there is a potential chance that they are not going to live past the next week or 30 days or whatever it may be. Um, and I think the American people need to realize that as well, that the people we left behind, if we do not make a very solid effort to communicate with these individuals that have approved uh, visas or that are actually American citizens still there, in, to come up with a game plan to get them to a secure location or get them out of the country, that we're going to have to accept the fact that they are going to be in extreme danger with the possibility that they're not going to make it out of that country with their lives. And if that sounds like something you can't accept, guys, and you're listening, you need to take some action. There's not a lot of shows that we record where I'm asking you to take some sort of action. You need to call your congressman, and your senator, and you need to tell them, look, you, you're just one person, but you're another person they can hear from. And then you need to think in the future about the leaders that we put in place and how they react in these moments. That's all I'm going to say about it, right? We need to be thinking about that. There's real consequence to what's happening right now. And if you are sitting there thinking, I can't believe Americans are going to be left behind in this situation, then think about that. And let's take some action right now. Get on the phone call your congressman's office, call your senator's office and tell them exactly what Zach just told you and what they need to do in the future. And then be resolute, call them again and call them again and be willing to put your voice out there and say, this isn't right. We are not the nation that leaves anyone behind. We never have been. We shouldn't be now. And let's continue to go out there and get after it. Brother, I love you, man. I love the, the, the fire that you guys have. We're going to talk a little bit more offline about how we can help as well here outside of this. But know that our listeners are ones that will take some action here and will uh, continue to, through faith components in their lives, provide as much support as they can too. Because guys, praying for these guys as they go through this work is invaluable as well. Appreciate it, Brian. All right, Zach, uh, you got work to do. We'll let you get back to it. So grateful. Uh, that email address was teamamericaafghanevac at gmail.com. And in the show notes, we're going to list the things you can do to help out as well. He's Zach Martin of Team America. I'm Brian Jodas, and this has been Pick Up the Six Podcast. <laughs>